Revelation 4 verse 1. After this, I looked. And behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Very interesting. When you say after, it means there's a before. What had come before? The most amazing revelation of Jesus the resurrected, ascended, glorified Christ that anybody had ever seen to this point. You read about it in Revelation chapter 1. The description of Christ in all his risen glory and authority is so amazing. The Apostle John falls at his feet as though dead. And, and he's picked up again and, and, and he hears the voice and he, and he, and he hears the, the message that God is sending, that Jesus is speaking to the seven churches of Asia Minor and the final message to the seventh church, the Laodicean church, and it's all there. And he said, right now, send it out, get these messengers out, get the message out to the seven churches. And maybe John thought, that's it. Now, would that, that have been enough to have seen as an aged apostle there in exile, in captivity, doubtless tortured, suffering, but seeing Christ and saying, it's done now. My day's done. My ministry's done. I've seen the Lord. I've delivered a message. All the churches are hearing the word of the Lord and he has spoken to them. Thank you, Father. It's done. The Bible is complete. Revelation is complete. Seal up the prophecy. Seal up the book. It's done. Jesus, I'm coming home. But no he heard a voice. And the voice said, after this, it's not the end. And that's the first prophetic word I want to deliver to you tonight. It's not over. It's not over for you. It's not over for me. It's not over for Britain. It's not over for London. It's not over. There is something yet to happen something that is yet to take place and God is inviting us to be part of it. Can I have an amen in the house of God? And it says, I looked. And what did he see? He saw a door open in heaven. Now I don't know if you can imagine or anticipate the significance of what this means. An open heaven. A door open into heaven because you see there is a separation at the moment in a very real way heaven and earth there's a separation now there is a link we, 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 there's a there is a, a breakthrough and the way is open but the manifestation of the kingdom of God which is taking place has not yet happened to the full extent in which heaven will come down to earth and God's dwelling place will be with man. So, But still, here is the secret of every revelation, every move of God, every season of revival, every great moment and all the great moments in the history of the Christian churches and every moment in your life 
which has been a breakthrough moment, it has always been because heaven has been opened. And something which was previously hidden to you and unavailable to you becomes available if you reach out and grab it. And so he goes through or hears the voice saying, this is an invitation, come up here and I will show you what must take place on the earth after this. Come up here. So he looked and he saw and it's not enough to see, you have to respond. And whatever else we do tonight, I want us all to say, yes, we're going to respond. We're going to go through that door. We're going to go through that door. We're going to take this opportunity. We're going to have fellowship with him. We're going to receive his revelation tonight. Amen and amen. amen. Are you with me? Some of you are dragging behind. Come on, don't, don't sit on the fence. Come with me. Come with me because we're going higher. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going higher. I'm going higher. Amen and amen. amen. Higher, higher. Praise God. And so, as John went through that door, heaven was literally open to him and he could see with his eyes stuff, which I believe he's really seeing. It's not just a vision as such. He's really seeing it, but it is so mysterious, so glorious, that what he writes down is hardly capable of being put into words. He break down what happens. First of all, he says, these things must take place after this. And when you go from here onwards to the book of Revelation, here is the pattern that unfolds. First of all, uh, God reveals to the Apostle John that Jerusalem is going to be judged. And that's what happened. Thank God for the restoration, but... That's what happened. And after that, the Roman Empire was going to be judged. And that's what happened. And then from then onwards, every kingdom that rises shall fall. And another kingdom shall rise and fall and rise and fall. There'll be shaking in heavens and shaking on the earth. And it will intensify right until the very end, until the final kingdom that has risen up against God shall collapse and fall and all the kingdoms of earth shall have become the kingdom of Christ and of God. Amen. That process is happening. Revelation is taking place. You don't have to worry about Antichrist, ten toes, horsemen and apocalypse, all the rest of it. It is taking place right now in world history. But in the meantime, God's plan is not just establishing his kingdom and seeing that kingdom come. God is raising up people, people of the kingdom. And part of this, as we see, is, is the rhythm of God. We, somebody was talking and singing about the rhythm of grace. God has rhythms. God is a God of season. He puts seasons in place and there are seasons and times with God, kairos, times, opportunities, seasons and, and in moments or times of opportunity, God's people are to be ready and to respond. Now, not everybody does respond every time and they keep on going and Life for them, as it was in the beginning, it goes on day by day. But those of us, and I say by faith, us, 
those of us who hear and respond, we get caught up in the purposes of God and in the seasons of God and we're in the flow of the Holy Spirit. We're in the flow of the season of God and we bear the fruit of that season and we receive the benefits of that season and we become instruments of God for the season on the earth at this present time. How many people want to be part of that season? Amen and amen. Let me just clear some stuff out the way. The first thing is, how do we qualify? Am I right? Oh my, 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 my. We say to ourselves, I'll never make it. And, and I, would, I, would, I would be fairly sure about this, that many people who are going to be caught up in this and going to enjoy God and going to be used in this, at the moment, they do not feel that they qualify. How many people has God called and, and they said, yeah, I've been waiting for you, God. What took you so long? I'm ready. No, nobody. Gideon looked over the shoulder and said, who are you talking to? Moses said, don't choose me. Over and over again, the people whom God calls to be men and women of the season, at the time when God touches their life, they thought they were the last people, the last person ever to be used by God. And if today you have a whole list of excuses and reasons why God cannot use you, let me tell you, he's here to rip up those excuses and say, I've chosen you anyway. You might say, I'm too young. You might say, I'm too old. You might say, I'm too exhausted. You might say, I've tried it and failed. You might say, I've got stuff in my life that's going on that nobody knows about. And, and, and God says, I know about it. And he says, I am capable of rooting all this out and putting in you what only I can do so that you will be my chosen instrument for this season and for this hour. So what qualifies us? Grace. God's grace qualifies you whether you feel it or not. You and I are equipped to stand in the very presence of a holy God and live by the blood of Jesus that pleads for us in His presence. But the same grace that causes us to stand in His presence is the grace that is going to qualify us or put us in the place where we will be capable in the power of God of yielding our lives as a sacrifice to Him and you will be astonished at how easy it will be to go God's way. You will in no way have to struggle like you used to struggle. I want to be very careful at this point because I want to make this point very strong but not to the point of error. I do not believe in effortless holiness. I do not believe it's nothing to do with what we do. In one sense, it's nothing to do with what we can do in our own strength, but it's always what He enables us to do. You and I still got to do it. But it's by His power, by His grace. And I would confidently predict many one of you, many of you, 
if I, I got you on, on my own with the Holy Spirit and God gave me a word or you had the spirit of confession, you would say, listen, you don't know this about me, Colin. You don't know how I'm disqualified. You don't know how weak I am. You don't know. All you see is the external. You don't know my heart. And I say, no, I don't know your heart. And maybe I didn't want to know your heart. But I tell you this, God knows your heart and he has said yes to you already. Because he's going to work something in your life. He's going to bring a transformation. He's going to bring a manifestation. So what you were before, you are not going to be the same again. And tonight, it's the beginning of that promise. You will never be the same again. How do you qualify? You qualify by the sovereign choice of God. Now God has sovereignly chosen all of us. We are the elect of God, chosening Him before the foundation of the world. But there is a sense in which we can be sovereign vessels of His, as sovereign instruments in His hands. If you look back at the history of revivals, and I encourage you to read as much as you can on revivals. Duncan Campbell, the Hebridean Revival. The great man whose name is inescapable of the Welsh Revival. Evan Roberts. Right? In different revivals, God raised up unlikely people. And sometimes they're the people everybody else forgot or who were nowhere. And yet God chose them. And I believe that there is there are many sovereign vessels in this house tonight. Sovereign vessels under the sound of my voice. Whether God uses you, dear lady, in your home in intercession, whether God comes to you and speaks to you with angelic visions and demonstrations of his spirit and power, and you never leave your house much, you can be an instrument. Amen and amen. Somebody go and pray for her. Hallelujah. It might be that you, you are somebody here today and you say, I'm not available. I'm busy at work. And you know, I, I love Kensington Temple, but I don't go with this thing. You know, that I've got to be a cell leader. I've got to be effective for God. I don't go with this thing because I'm a busy man. I'm a busy woman. And you know, I, for me to get to work on time is enough to serve God with. And God can use you in your workplace. Yes, yes, yes. But you are more available than you think because you are where God wants you to be and where he will use you. Sovereign vessels. God appointed instruments. For his revelation, for his power. Qualifications, God's grace, God's sovereign choice. Now always with this, and it's as much the work of the Holy Spirit, friends. It's not our effort, but there must be a desire. And desire is from the Lord. There are people tonight who are so thirsty for God. You're so hungry for God. You have such a desire for God that sometimes you, you, you just feel, if I, don't, if I don't get this living bread from heaven, I don't think I'm going to be able to live. I can't live without this. A desire so strong. Do you know that's not you? That's the Holy Spirit. 
I watched last night as Paul Cain brought the young people forward, prayed for them. And he said, whatever I have, whatever I've had, I impart it to you, whole generation of young people. And everybody else in the audience got jealous. And he said, okay, well, I'll give it to you as well. I grabbed it. I grabbed it. I want you, don't underestimate this tonight. Grab it. Okay. So I looked at those young people and I was jealous. Um, not for any wrong reason. But that's the generation that God has placed on my heart. And as I, as I saw those young people worshipping, I thought of my friends. People who do not yet know Jesus. Some of them will count me amongst their closest friends. But they've not yet heard that awaken, awakening from heaven. Pray for them. And I was saying, God, what's so different to these young people? Look at them. Is it because they've been brought up in a Christian home? No. Some of these were pre, pre, former drug dealers, manic depressives, suicidal young people, people involved in gangs. But God touched them and gave them a desire and gave them revelation. So the desire you have in your heart tonight is not from your natural disposition. It's not because you're a nice person. It's because God's at work in your heart. And what is this desire? If you have a desire to come up higher and you have an invitation to come up higher, then your desire is satisfied. What is this desire? The desire is to begin to experience and to know the atmosphere of heaven as your daily lifestyle. And you know, that's already what we have. We used to sing a song, oh, 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 heaven is in my heart, oh, something like that. Heaven is in my heart. Whoa. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's there. Holy, Holy Spirit is the Spirit of heaven. And He doesn't just bring the atmosphere of heaven. He brings heaven itself. And yet we don't live under that experience of heavenly environment. And, and, and a lot of it is because we're, we're focusing on the wrong things and, and, and the Holy Spirit says, come up higher. Let me show you now. Let me show you. Have a look. Have a look. To be heavenly minded. Look at it from a heavenly perspective and get excited about heaven because heaven is where the action is. It's where it's all happening. I preached a message recently, what on earth is going on in heaven? Because whatever is happening on the earth is a reflection of what's going on in heaven. A desire to come up higher. A desire to be used by God. A desire to receive fresh revelation. A desire to experience His manifest presence. And a desire to see that manifest presence manifested on the earth. Amen. Amen. 
I will show you things to come. Now, I'm not suggesting that we're going to walk exactly in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul and he's going to give us another revelation to add to our Bibles. It's done. At the end it says, woe if anybody adds to the words of this book or takes away from the words of this book. But there is that our level of inspiration and revelation, a whole lot of illumination that we need upon this book and the things that God wants to say to our hearts for our lives, our nation and our families. And this desire is not just about showing up somewhere with the power of God. It's about preparing the terrain by revelatory intercession. And I think that's, that is the primary purpose of revelation, that we might be informed intercessors. When I look back at the revelations that I've received and I get them and sometimes I look at them and sometimes this revelation comes to life years later. Most of what I have received is not for sharing publicly. Most of it is about watching and praying. And when it happens, it's nice to go back to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, you showed us and you showed up and it happened. But this, this can only work by prayer. Believe me, it can only work by prayer. Heavenly intercession heavenly worship, all flowing from the revelation of God. Okay, I want you to prepare now this little clip, and this is a very brief clip, and um, it's Paul Cain, um, and at this point he calls, calls to pray for, for Colin and Amanda. And so have a look and listen. Listen carefully to these words. Listen very carefully. Don't miss a word. It's very quick. It's very low-key, but very significant. Things in the body of Christ for these last days, and I feel that we're about, Colin and Amanda dying, I feel like we're about uh, Ken and Lois, God, and I feel that we're about many of you, and uh, John, Kerry Cresty, all of you, and, and uh, our wonderful people have taken care of us, but all of you, this is an all-inclusive thing. God is not just speaking to a handful of people. Everyone here has been graced by the touch of the hand of God. Everyone, the fire of the Holy Spirit has come upon all, everyone here. And when you leave, you're, never, you're not going to be the same again no matter how much you try. You will never be the same again. I prophesy no one in this building, no one near this building will ever be the same again. It's for you and for your children and for them that are for all. To as many as the Lord our God shall call. A significant thing, a significant voice has come and spoke. Uh, 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 God has revealed himself in a new and living way in every one of us. So Lord, I just uh, pray that the anointing will come upon Colin and Amanda. Lord, that um, the church uh, that has had the most history of Smith Wigglesworth and uh, the revivals of the past. Lord, I pray that um, the Welsh revival and all will be upstaged in this meeting. But no, anoint them, Lord, and let them 
let their days ahead be greater than anything yes. that yes, they've God. experienced yes, Lord. Uh, in the past. 